This uh, morning, we have a, a, a special guest, Christian Hernandez, who's actually uh, here uh, through a, um, uh, a video. Uh, Christian is a, is a good friend of mine, and he is a pastor uh, in the Hope Network uh, here in New York City. He pastors a church in Astoria. He's from Brooklyn, uh, born and raised. He's got four kids, and, uh, and um I met him through city to city, like meet so many of, of the pastors, but he's been a good friend and uh, a good uh, counselor and, you know, good uh, thought, thought partner with me. And so he couldn't be here live. So we're going to do something a little bit new with uh, today. And he's just going to preach via um, a pre-taped sermon. Um, but I, uh, I hope this will be a blessing to us. I trust it will. So let's sit back and let's uh, open our hearts and minds. As, uh, as Christian um, preaches the word of God to us. Go to the Gospel of Matthew, and we're going to read one verse, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let me read that again. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Would you join me in prayer? Lord Jesus, we ask that you would speak to us from your word, that you would meet us powerfully. Holy Spirit, would you glorify Jesus, reveal him in a fresh and living way to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I remember years ago, I was officiating a wedding uh, for this dear friend of mine, and I knew him, and everyone that knew him considered him to be really an upstanding guy. His name uh, went before him. People always associated him as a man of his word, of good character. But on his wedding day, I'll never forget, his sister uh, did a toast. And the way she spoke of her brother was absolutely moving because she gave us a glimpse into who he was in ways that we didn't even know, how he cared for her from a very young age, how essentially he was like her real dad because their father wasn't around. And there wasn't a dry eye in the room as we kind of all basked in this moment to really know our friend in a deeper way. Why I begin there when we look at this verse is because one of the most important things that you and I could ever think about is how we think about God. Your thoughts about him, how you see him, radically impact and shape your life. It actually forms you to the core and that's one of the reasons why throughout Scripture, God is revealing himself in many ways because he doesn't want there to be any shadow of a doubt, no confusion as to who he is. He wants you and I to know him and to connect with his character. And actually, when you read the Scriptures from the Old Covenant unto the New, we see incredible images of God. We see him as judge, as creator, as redeemer, as warrior, there's a, a metaphors and images where God is referred to as a rock, as a fortress. But that's why when we come to this verse, I think we should lean in and pay even more attention because what Jesus does, similar to that wedding experience, he gives us the truest glimpse into God's character and nature when he teaches us to pray to God as Father. See, in this moment, what Jesus is doing 
He's pulling the curtain back and allowing us to see the true essence of God. One of the greatest things that Jesus did, the Messiah, in coming to this world is to give us a vivid revelation as to who God is. And he teaches us that God is Father. I know for you and I, that may be difficult to process for all sorts of reasons because the name Father, the image Father, the relationship with Father for many of us can be quite challenging. And as a result, we impose our view of Father unto God. I'll never forget, there was this uh, time where I was doing this ministry with our church uh, many, many years ago. And we were reaching out to hundreds of kids in our neighborhood in Sunset Park, Brooklyn. Now, this was pre-gentrification Brooklyn, and it was rough. The kids that we were picking up were from really difficult situations. And we would bring them to church and bless them with a meal and sing songs and teach them scripture. It was a really powerful time, and many of those kids would grow up later as adults to be fully followers of Jesus. But there was this one kid where he was having a great time. And I remember he was, the smile on his face. We picked him up from his house. He was stressed. By the time he was in the service, he was just beaming with joy until we began to sing a song and refer to God as Father. And all of a sudden, he became visibly angry and agitated, and he became aggressive, and we couldn't tame him and figure this out. It was only until we took him aside and began to talk to him where he began to unload and began to share how his father had not been there, how his father, when he was home, had been abusive to his mother, to his, his siblings. And so for this child, the name father conjured up some painful things. And perhaps you have similar reactions. To see God as father can be challenging for all sorts of reasons. Yet Jesus is grounding us in prayer before he tells us what to say he teaches us how to see. He teaches us to see God as Father because what he wants to do is he wants to ground prayer in a conversation between a parent and child. If I could break down prayer in its simplest form, stripped from all kind of religious excess and things that we complicate prayer with, in its bare essence, it's a conversation between a child and their loving father. I think of my own kids. We have an 11-year-old daughter, 8-year-old son, 5-year-old son, and a 5-month-old baby girl. And our older kids, when it, it, I'm always flabbergasted in some levels with their comfort. Uh, um, like they're very comfortable with us. They're, the way they ask for certain things, we constantly have to remind them, hey, you, you might as well, say, you can say please. Um, you know, we're not your servants. But they're so comfortable. They'll wake us up at random moments in the night and ask us to get them milk when they were younger and all these things. And, and what I found is that their comfort, as inconveniencing as it may be, what it communicates is that they know that they're loved. They know that they can come to us and that we're there for them, as imperfect as we are as parents. How much more so if prayer is this conversation between parent and child and the parent is God and he's a loving father, should you and I be comfortable to come to God with anything and everything? To come to him devoid of religious pretense and to just be who we are in the embrace of our loving father. See, what's interesting is that when you look at Jesus in the Gospels, 
throughout the scriptures, he refers to God as Father, except for one moment. On the cross, it was the first time that Jesus refers to God as God and not as Father. While that's interesting when it comes to this idea of prayer and grounding prayer in this conversation between a child and parent is that it was at the cross where Jesus experienced an agony that perhaps you and I can relate with. It was the agony of feeling isolated, alone, abandoned by the one that was supposed to love him while he's exposed and vulnerable, covered in shame. At that moment, he cries out to God and he doesn't refer to him as father. He calls him, my God, my God. Why that's relevant in prayer is because unless we face some of the pains and some of the issues that we have in seeing God as Father, unless we confront some of the images of God that we thrust onto him rather than seeing him as he is, prayer will become stifled. It'll become formulaic. It'll be uh, too official. It won't have an engagement of the heart because there'll be a degree of separation between us and God as our loving Father. So when Jesus teaches us to refer to God as Father, our Father, what he's teaching us is to capture this essence that at the bedrock of our relationship with God is that you and I have been adopted into his family. The scripture says that we have been adopted into God's family. We are children, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. You were once a stranger, Scripture says, but now you are in the family of God. And so when you refer to God as Father, there is a remembrance of your redemption, of your adoption, of you being granted access to the privilege to be called a child of God. And now when you refer to God, he's not just some distant being or some higher power. He is your Father. But when Jesus calls the Father, teaches us to pray to God as Father, it would be important for us to dig into what that actually means in the original language because there's a depth of meaning that we could lose if we just think of God as Father and don't dive into the background of it. Because actually, when he refers to God as Father and teaches us to pray to God as Father, he's teaching us something quite profound. Because the word he's using for Father is not the idea of an authoritative, kind of distant power figure, but actually it's the image of a loving, inviting dad. It's actually how you can translate the word Abba. It, it's dad. It's a loving father that invites you in, that he does have power, but he's also accessible. He is higher than us, yet he's near us to embrace us and carry us. And that's why this next part of this verse, it, it creates a tension that I think you and I have to learn to marry when it comes to prayer. Because Jesus teaches us that we're to pray to God as our Father in heaven, but then he also says that we're to acknowledge that his name is holy. It says, hallowed be your name. 
So Jesus teaches us that God is Father. He's not just judge, creator, lawgiver. He's Father. And he's not just any kind of Father. He's a loving, approachable Father. And so in some ways, he's painting this picture that prayer is like you being really comfortable on the couch next to your dad, and, and you're just being yourself, being in the loving presence of your Father. And so imagine your feet are up, you're comfortable, you feel loved and at peace. But before we get too comfortable... Before we allow our comfort to descend into disrespect or dishonor, Jesus elevates our minds and tells us this father that's approachable, that's loving, is also altogether holy. He's completely other. He's undeniably above us. And I think that's a tension that we have to wrestle with in prayers because so often we're either so comfortable with God that we've lost reverence or we have an idea of reverence for God that actually limits our access to him. And so we revere him, we respect him, but we don't fully come to him as we are. Jesus marries these two things because in prayer, you and I can't escape this dynamic of coming to God as we are because we acknowledge that he is our loving father, that you could run to your father when you're bruised, when you're hurting, when you're alone, when you're confused, if you lose your job, if you get a bad medical report, you can run to this God. If you messed up, if you slipped into an addiction, if you lost your temper, if, if, you've, if you've regressed in some type of addictive cycle, you can run to God, your father. And he is Abba, he is dad. And he's not there to push you away and to demand that you get your act together before you're allowed in his presence. He embraces you. He loves you because you bear his name. But at the same token, you are embraced in the loving presence of a holy God. And so simultaneously, God embraces us and he admonishes us. Like, I love you. You're finally home, but my holiness demands that the things inside of you that don't conform to who I am, I want to change. Because when I look at you, I want to see my full image in you, because that will mean your ultimate flourishing. So it's this incredible tension where in the presence of God, you are undeniably welcomed, but you are incredibly challenged at the same time. God's love welcomes you. His holiness refuses for you to stay the same. As we see God as both loving Father and our holy King, we can't help but do two things. When you're captured by the love of God, a Father that embraces you, you can't help but adore Him. But you can't help but thank Him, praise Him, to finally settle in into your home. You're done wandering, you're done searching because you realize in his love is the true water that I've been searching for. My thirst is finally quenched in his presence. And so you adore him, you thank him. But in the presence of our holy father, our holy God, we can't help but confess. Confess the areas of our life where we recognize we've strayed, where we've let lesser loves grip us where we've allowed distractions and things to numb us from the reality that we're not living fully in the center of God's plan. See, prayer 
is this powerful reset in life. Through prayer, when we engage in prayer and acknowledge God as our Father who is holy, you and I have a reset every single time. I don't know if you've ever had the frustration of some technology freezing up and, and you try everything, but sometimes the only thing that you can do to actually restore it is to fully power down, take out the battery, start all over again. Prayer for us is that function. It totally resets us. And Jesus is teaching us the ultimate reset in prayer and in life is to learn to see God as our loving Father and as our holy King. So as we close, I want to challenge you to reflect on your life and to ask yourself, how do I actually see God? Do I see him as a dictator? Do I see him as a powerful figure but isn't accessible? Or do I actually see him as Jesus invites me to see him, as a loving father, as one who runs to me in my brokenness, who welcomes me in my shame and washes and cleanses me? But I also want to challenge you, how do you see God in his essence as a holy God? Have you and I succumbed to our culture's lies that God is more like us and that he's just signing off on our culture's values and that he never contradicts our ways and our whims? Or have you and I come to a place to realize that God, though he's accessible and loves us, he's completely other and higher than us. And, we, and to see him as holy is to acknowledge that we're not. Perhaps this is a moment where you are being invited by God to both receive his love and confess your brokenness. And Jesus teaches us to do that by acknowledging God as Father and that he is our holy God. So as we close, how powerful would it be if you and I learned to pray as children of God, that God is our Father, rather than praying with estrangement. How powerful would it be if this changes the way we pray where we come boldly to God, where, where there's nothing we hold back, where in faith we believe in the goodness of our Father and when we pray for provision, for healing, for miracles that, that human beings can't work, we pray with confidence, not because we're so good, but because our Father is so good. And how powerful would it be when you stare at sin and brokenness and addictions and you, that can feel hopeless, that strangle the life out of us at times to know that in the embrace of my loving God, I experience his holy presence and only in his holy presence can I be made free. Jesus wants to free you as you are in the presence of his holy father, free you of addictions, free you of habits that are damaging your life, free you so that you would live the fully flourishing life that Jesus intends for every single follower of his to live. And so with that, I want to invite you to pray. Can you join with me as we pray these words back to God that Jesus teaches us to pray? This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Lord, right now we acknowledge you as our Father, our loving Father, our Abba. 
And our prayer is that you would erase every false image that we have of you, the images of Father that we've thrust on you from our brokenness, from our culture, from our experience. And would you clear our vision to see you fully as Father? Lord, would we find our home in your embrace, in your grace that welcomes us wounded and all and restores us? But Lord, we pray you would also renew in us a vision of you as holy, as high and lifted up, as, as a God who doesn't call evil good, as a God who hates injustice and falsehood and greed and pride, as a God who wants to free us from every broken thing. And so we come adoring and we come confessing to you, our loving Father, who is completely holy. So Lord, would you teach us, would you meet us in this season of prayer? In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I pray this message encourages you deeply in your walk with Jesus.